bacon, bacon, bacon. Do you guys remember that commercial? Was it like snossages? Bacon, bacon, bacon. Well, if you're vegan, bacon, bacon, bacon isn't something you normally have. But now the long awaited bacon seasoning from local spicery. I've been begging Nick to do this for years. And there's lots of bacon seasonings out there, even vegan ones, but they all contain sugar and salt and maybe even oil, but here's one that doesn't contain none of that. It's made from just, well, you're going to find out and he's going to show you recipes to use it. I personally like to use it on mushrooms to make mushroom bacon, eggplant, especially the long, thin Chinese ones to make eggplant bacon, but it's amazing. Please welcome Nick from Local Spicery back to the show. Hey, Nick, hey, thank you. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> you're welcome. Who was that? That was me saying thank you because oh. this is something I've been wanting for a long time. Oh, uh, you know, there was a, just a slight delay. It sounded like it came from somewhere else. Oh, well, thank you for pushing me. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. You're hearing things now. Yeah, this is great. I mean, you know, I you know, I used to say my favorite spice from local spicery was pepperoni spice, but then you make salacious, and then I have to say it's salacious, which is still one of my favorites. But this is definitely up there with the Bayou barbecue seasoning. There's just no limit to your creativity. I think it's just I'm getting more and more comfortable with the uh, with the the vegan palate. We've been doing it more, and you, you you learn what you need, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a huge market out there. Even if people aren't vegan, I know a lot of people with kidney disease that can't have salt, and I hope that they'll eventually find your product. Here's to that. <laughs> yeah. So tell us how you created this, and uh, what how'd you figure it out, and what should we use it for? Oh gosh! Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's you know more than anybody. You know, you, you challenged me uh, to do a bacon seasoning at least two years ago, uh, and uh, I think at the time, first thing I told you was, you know, a bacon seasoning without using any salt or any sugar, and uh, and then you know I've got my own self-imposed uh, 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 problems. I, I you know I don't use uh, don't use chemicals. I don't use uh, you know anything that's processed or unnatural. It's just just how I cook and how I eat. Um, and uh, you know I, I I did a lot of research. I read lots and lots of recipes how people make bacon, and nothing that I could come up with was really satisfactory. And uh, it was very frustrating. And you, uh, you you and I shared the frustration as you asked me many times. Hey, what's happening with the bacon? <laughs> um, you know, the genesis really was when we uh, when we when we figured out the salacious. Because the second second I tasted that, I thought that's at least half of the bacon right there. Because you know, to be able to deliver that saltiness, but also the salacious itself has kind of a meaty quality that comes from uh, from the uh, the porcini mushroom and the kombu. Uh, so you know, I, I could taste it in the salacious. And you know, from then it was really just just a question of getting the uh, you know the, the things on the edges right. But you know, the other big part of the challenge was, you know, what is a bacon seasoning supposed to be? Because uh, part of part of this show, I'd like to throw this back to everybody who's watching. You know, how do you want to use it? And you know, how is it going to be used? Is really going to drive how you blend it. And uh, you know, I tried. You know, you said there are a lot of bacon seasonings out there. I found a few and I bought them and tried them. Um, and, you know, they all had kind of a different take. You know, do you want a bacon flavor that when you put it in something immediately makes the whole thing taste super smoky and bacony? Or do you want something that in and of itself 
tastes more like what bacon tastes like, but it, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit uh, trickier to play with. Um, and I just kept going back and forth and back and forth, had a very hard time making a call on where it had to go. And finally came back to, you know, I was able to put something together that to my palate really tastes like bacon. Uh, and, you know, like everything we make, everything that's in there is grown in the ground. So, you know, there, there is nothing in there that was, uh, that was processed in a kitchen or, uh, or, or made in a laboratory or, you know, anything. It's all completely natural products. So it was a challenge. Um, but, uh, you know, I, once I got to the point where I could make something that to my palate really, you know, gives me that flavor of bacon, I decided that I'm going to go with, uh, with what I love and that was it. Um, what I do find with the bacon seasoning, and to some people it might be a drawback, some others, uh, the bacon seasoning, at least to my experience, two comments on it immediately. One is, uh, in my experience, less is more. You know, this, the more subtle you use, subtly you use the bacon seasoning, uh, the better it seems to work. It's one where, you know, when you add more to it, you're not really building up st stronger bacon flavor, but it's, it's the smoke flavor that builds up and it becomes just kind of overly smoky. So uh, as you use it, be aware of that. And, uh, and the other is that <clears throat> when you cook with it, you lose a lot of the flavor as it cooks. And so I have found it's something that really wants to be used either at the very end of cooking or even as a finishing spice. So, you know, I think of it, I, I use it a lot now in finishing the, uh, the things that I found that I love it on. Uh, you know, we make, uh, we make uh, BLT avocado toast, you know, put some avocado on toast, some, uh, some lettuce, some, uh, 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 some tomato. If you're into it, you can get some, some vegan mayonnaise. We don't. Uh, and then, just sprinkle the bacon seasoning on like you would bacon bits. And, and uh, it's absolutely delicious. Uh, you know, same thing. I love it on, uh, on uh, sweet potato fries. Same thing. Just cook your sweet potato fries in the air fryer the way you normally would. But at the end, just sprinkle them with the bacon seasoning. And it's, it's phenomenal. Um, I hope, uh, hope you guys enjoy it as much as I've enjoyed making it. And I've been enjoying uh, uh, cooking with it. The one challenge I do want to throw out is... Uh, you know, this is brand new and, you know, I've got two or three or four or five things that I found that I really love it on. And I'm, I'm coming, it's just, you know, got the creative juices going. I keep coming up with something every day that I want to try it on, but I'd love to hear from everybody out there, how you end up using it. And uh, so if anyone wants, you know, fire me an email. My, my email is really simple. It's just Nick at localspicery.com. Tell me how you use it. Give me a recipe if you've got one. Uh, I haven't figured it out yet, but I will come up with a, a suitable way to reward you and to promote it. But I'd love to hear from people how, you, how you're using it out there. Um, and I'll be sharing with you today ways that I use it. Uh, it was, uh, gosh, I think it was a month, maybe two months ago, AJ, when you asked me, you know, what's the first thing that I'm going to want to cook with it? What do you really want to use bacon in? And what I told you was, you know, I wanted to go French. I wanted, you know, one of the things I love, uh, mushroom bourguignon. It's one of my favorite dishes. And it's one of, you know, Evelyn's favorite things for me to cook. Uh, but it's always, uh, you know, for me, it's just not quite there because it doesn't have the, the flavor that is drawn in French cooking from the Lardon, uh, you know, which is, you know, a French bacon. And now, uh, you know, I, uh, I, what I first thing I wanted to present to people was making a, a mushroom bourguignon 
with lardon with an uh, uh, you know bona fide bacon flavoring completely vegan um, so that's what we're going to be doing uh, I think I'm I'm just going to get started and get into this one recipe and you know we can talk while we go AJ if you've got some questions or if, uh, if you have some thoughts we can move on it uh, but as usual I've uh, I've done a fair amount of prep work in advance um, three components to this dish uh, that I've prepared one is the lardon themselves and I'm going to show you how I did that um, the second is uh, uh, you know the, the second ring in this three ring circus uh, you know you make beef bourguignon, that's just kind of half the dish. The other half is what are you going to put it on? Well, my favorite thing in the world for, uh, for mushroom bourguignon is to put it on uh, uh, polenta. So we're going to cook some polenta. Uh, I'm going to break uh, one of the uh, Ten Commandments, and we're going to do the, you know, a very, very quick polenta, probably cook it in five to ten minutes. Although, you know, I think as everybody shares, uh, polenta, the longer you cook it, uh, the better that it tastes and the better that it feels in the mouth. And then the third part is what's in this pot, which is the, uh, you know, the vegetable saute, vegetable reduction, which includes the mushrooms. And at the end, it all comes together. So in that order, um, let's start with the, uh, what I did to make the lardon. Now I'm gonna pull this out of the fridge here. Um, so to, to make the lardon, I, you know, first of all, I needed something that had a meaty texture to it. So I used uh, uh, extra firm tofu, uh, cut it into, you know, slices as thin as I thought could hold together. They were about an eighth of an inch uh, uh, wide and, uh, and then laid them out in a Ziploc plastic bag and put them in the freezer um, and let them freeze overnight and then took them out and, have, and uh, put them in the refrigerator to defrost in the refrigerator. You can also just put the whole block of, uh, of uh, tofu in the freezer and then slice it later. Uh, I've done both ways. And frankly, I don't really see a strong difference in how it comes out of my cooking. So take your choice. But once I had those, uh, those sheets of, uh, of pre-frozen uh, uh, tofu, I cut it into about half inch uh, uh, dice. They come end up looking like this, which is just exactly kind of the shape and size that you end up getting lardon in when, when, you, uh, when you buy them in France. And uh, in this one, all that I did for, uh, for a marinade was just the bacon seasoning. This is about a half a cup of those, uh, those diced uh, tofu pieces. Uh, put them in a bowl about this size. And I put uh, two teaspoons of bacon seasoning in the bowl and I just toss them and let them sit. Um, as an option, if... Uh, you know, if you're not completely uh, salt-free in your diet, uh, uh, a tiny bit of uh, 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 coconut amino gives it a little bit of added richness. And, you know, I, I tend to find I like it. Um, by a little bit, I'm talking like a quarter teaspoon. And, uh, you know, just in terms of what that means in salt consumption, uh, at least the, uh, uh, the coconut aminos that I have, you know, they say it's 13% of your RDV per serving, the serving is a tablespoon. So this, you know, and a tablespoon is three teaspoons. And this is a quarter of a teaspoon. And this is gonna be divided among four to six servings. So it's really very tiny amount of salt, but it gives you a lot of, of, of added depth. Um, it's, it's, you know, if you're, if you're fully salt-free, you won't feel like you're missing anything without doing it. So just, uh, you know, just uh, toss them in the, uh, uh, in the bacon seasoning. And I wanted them to have a little bit firmer feel, so I just spread them out on a uh, on a sheet of parchment paper and put it in the air fryer 
350 degrees, about three minutes, turn it over another three minutes or so, just so they're, they have a little bit more give, they're a little bit tougher. And these are the lardons. I'm gonna throw these in just at the very end and they're gonna do two things. They're gonna give you these little you know, meaty pieces in your dish that, uh, that will, you know, I like, I like to call them flavor bombs. When you bite into them, they'll explode with a, uh, with a salty bacony flavor. Um, but they'll also uh, impart kind of a, a general, you know, smoky bacon flavor to the entire dish, like it does in a, in a true uh, bourguignon. Uh, the second part, um, <clears throat> which is the, uh, the polenta, uh, I think I'm going to get that started right now. I'm just going to, I've got uh, two cups of water in the, uh, in the pot. I'm just going to get it to boil I'm so, and, uh, and I'm going to add, uh, you know, a cup of polenta. We'll just let it sit there and simmer while we're, uh, while we're doing this, pay attention to it so, so it doesn't go dry. Really, really simple. The only thing about polenta is that, you know, it, it, it does like attention. You have to check on it every now and then so that it's not getting too dry, but otherwise, uh, uh, we'll get that going, and then the uh, uh, and then the the saute. So to me, in a bourguignon, the the, the real star is uh, uh, is pearl onions. Now you know pearl onions. You know they're little tiny onions about this size. You know that's a white one. And when I do them, I, if you can, I love to uh, to do you know half of half white, half red, if you can get them, just to add a little bit of color. And to get the flavor of the pearl onions just right, uh, uh, well, actually, let's begin with the hardest part. One of the, the two things that hold me back on pearl onions, one is they're expensive generally. Um, and then the second is uh, they are very time consuming to peel. So I thought I'd address both of those. Um, in terms of expense, you know, they are what they are. Uh, this time I just, I just ran and bought them at the grocery store. They come in these little, uh, little pouches like this, they're quite easy. Um, but back when I was uh, going to farmers markets every uh, every weekend, uh, there was a farmer who brought onions to uh, to the market, and uh, uh, I would go and buy the smallest onions that I could that he had. And they were you know this size up to like a boiling onion. I love you know smaller onions; they're sweeter. But also when I show you how I cook them, you'll see what it does in terms of the flavor of the onions. Uh, and the farmer she told me that you know no one wants the small onions, and so. She sold them just at the same price per pound as the as the bigger onions. So I felt like I was getting quite a good deal, and they were quite good onions. So if you uh, if you do go to a farmer's market, you might talk to some of the farmers and see if they do something like that. Um, the key is so to uh, uh, to peel them. Really very simple. Uh, I wish I'd known it earlier in life. I have a have a memory with my father-in-law. We were cooking uh, his uh, his mother's recipe of. Uh, creamed onions for a, for a holiday dinner once. And we had, you know, probably five pounds of these onions. And we sat and peeled them all by hand. It took us hours. Uh, but this, it's really very simple. Just take a, put a, a large saute pan on the, uh, on the stove, um, uh, turn it on very high. And while you wait for it to boil, you take your onions and with the sharp, it's gotta be a really pretty sharp knife but just cut the end that has the uh, has the roots on it, not not the tail where where it grows out of, and set them aside. Once the water's boiling, just dump them in the boiling water and uh, uh, and set a timer for 60 seconds. 60 seconds later, pull them, put them in a colander, pour uh, cold water on them, and they're ready. They'll just they'll just almost almost walk out of their clothes. Just just peel them with your fingers, and they're very very easy, very fast. 
Excuse me for one minute because my water is boiling. I'm going to throw the uh, throw the polenta in here just to keep up schedule. Looks okay, like, I'll, uh, talk, I'll talk to the people for a minute. Hey, everyone, okay. hope you'll try this seasoning. And if you've tried local spicery, let me know in the chat what your favorite one is. I'm seeing a lot of pepperoni, but I think you'll like this. And I do want to tell you that tomorrow's show is happening at 3 p.m. Dr. Esther had a change in his schedule. It's usually at nine on Wednesday. That's why not only is it good to subscribe to me on YouTube because you get the notifications, but when you're on my mailing list, we update you and we sent out an email explaining the tomorrow show on heart disease with Dr. Stefan Esther would be a little bit later. And back to Nick. <laughs> Very well done. So <clears throat> what's in this dish? Uh, we start with the... Uh, start with the, the pre-peeled onions. I put the pot on very, very hot and I throw the onions right in dry, no oil, no nothing. Um, the key to getting these onions cooked, and this is why I think that they're really the star of this dish, is you can see there's some, you know, they're completely brown all the way around, even some little black spots to them. And what that means is that the outside of the onion is just beginning to caramelize, but the inside is still really sweet and, and you know, not hard, but a little bit, it gives just a little bit. And so you get, that, you get that incredible sweet complexity of a caramelized onion on the outside, but in the inside, uh, you get a little bit of a fresh flavor and that really does it for me. <laughs> uh, so, so getting that part right, you wanna make sure you're gonna keep them going until the onions really turn to a primarily brownish color and you'll have some flecks of black on the onions. Um, so we did the onions. Um, I'm going to have to uh, go back to my recipe just to make sure. Usually I just do this thing uh, uh, you know, just from my heart rather than from the paper. Uh, onions, a little, veg uh, little veggie broth to deglaze. Um, and then I put in the mushrooms, uh, diced onion, garlic, and thyme. And some comments on that. Mushrooms, for this one, I used uh, uh, portobellos. I have three large uh, caps of portobellos. I took the, uh, took the stems off. I sliced them into about half inch slices and then cut it into thirds. And so that's the size uh, mushrooms that I put in here. Um, as far as carrots, you know, I, I think of them as matchstick in that they're about the length of a matchstick, but they're, you know, they're a little bit thicker than we usually think of. It's not a julienne, but it, you know, so it's got a little bit of a bite to it still. So it's, you know, it, it, uh, it doesn't just disappear into it. Um, uh, for, the, uh, for the onion, uh, the recipe that you're gonna see on our website, it calls for a medium onion chopped. Uh, in this case, you know, I really go a little bit beyond chopped. It's almost halfway between chopped and minced, but not quite all the way minced. I, I would call it maybe like an eighth inch dice uh, because the onion, you really want it to, to kind of disappear into the dish it's one of the ways that we that we uh, that we can get this to uh, uh, to thicken, which is always a challenge when you're trying to do a, a, a stew like this, completely uh, uh, vegan. Uh, is you know without the fats, how are we going to get it to thicken? So we're using you know, basically it's a mirepoix, um, uh, and then thyme. You know my uh, my strong advice on uh, cooking with thyme. It's a very strong flavor. Uh, use it sparingly. There are spices where you cannot ever use too much. Time is not one of them. Um, time is not on your side. So in this case, I think I use a half a teaspoon. You might even want to go uh, a little bit less than that if you're at all sensitive to the flavor of time, but you just want the tiniest hint of the, uh, of the herbal flavor coming into it. Um, uh, so I'll saute that and keep it going until the, uh, 
And actually, I was going to say, in this case, just because I happened to have it, I had some shallots sitting around. So instead of a medium onion, I had a small onion and a, and a large shallot, which I chopped up. Onions and shallots together to me is kind of a quintessentially French flavor, and it is perfect for this dish. Uh, um, so I throw it all together. I saute it, paying attention to the, the onions. The onions are going to tell you when it's ready. Uh, watch the onions until, they're, until you know, they, they go translucent and then turn brown. And that's the point when you can add the, uh, 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 add the thyme in. And, uh, and then I, uh, I put in the, uh, the wine. And uh, so, you know, this is, I should have given a trigger warning for some people. I do use wine in the dish. Uh, it's uh, one cup of, of wine. Uh, I usually try to use a French wine. If I can't, I'll use a, a basically a French varietal like a Pinot Noir. Uh, in this case, I used a, uh, uh, a, uh, 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 it's a it's a, a blend from uh, from the Rhone region in France. In France, um, you know, kind of a medium body, but uh, but but well developed wine. Um, and then uh, uh, when I once I get the uh, the wine in here, I, I let it simmer, and I just kind of watch the volume of the liquid. And when the liquid has reduced to about half, that's when this is done. And that brings us up to where we are right now. And I'm going to turn the uh, turn the Turn the heat on here. I'm going to stir my polenta, which needs a little more water. It's already overcooking. Let me just uh, get this get this blended in. Turn this way down. Just let it sit and go. Okay. <clears throat> so the next steps for this is we're going to add uh, just two tablespoons of uh, tomato paste and um, two, two tablespoons tomato paste, and we want to do two cups of uh, of broth. And of course, I'm using uh, local spiceries bada bing bouillon, which is absolutely perfect for this dish because the flavors in the bada bing bouillon really were based on the French mirepoix, so it's perfect for French cooking. <clears throat> So I'm going to put two tablespoons of the bada bing in here. I did just before we started uh, put some water in my kettle. So I've got some hot water right here. It's already been measured. This should be just two, exactly two cups. Voila. I'm going to stir this a little bit. And we'll add it. So when you think about what's going to cause this to uh, to thicken, I'm going to turn the heat up really high because I want to get it just to begin to a boil, and then we'll then we'll reduce the heat again. Um, but at this point, the whole name of the game in the preparation of this dish is getting the consistency right, and that is, you know. It's, I don't you really, you can't see it, but it's, it's a bit watery right now. I mean, obviously I just added the bouillon. Um, so we're gonna wanna get it to reduce. One of the things I'm gonna do to get it to reduce quickly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, in, uh, in, in a French dish, a lot of times you would use a, a roux, which is uh, uh, um, uh, flour and butter. In this case, what we're gonna do is, is use some uh, uh, cornstarch and water. So, Cornstarch. 
Just gonna put two teaspoons of cornstarch in this cup. Teaspoons and put one tablespoon of water. Are you know the sponges available to people that live in Canada? Nathalie wants to know. Yeah, we no, we can't ship to Canada, and it's you know it's not a choice. It it's uh, you know it's due to international law, and I have to tell you, I think it's a good law, but it's unfortunate for small companies like mine because. Uh, uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm shipping to Canada, I'm actually exporting, and since I'm exporting agricultural products into Canada, every lot has to have uh, have its own original certificate of analysis, which is an expensive level of uh, uh, analysis that has to be done to it. It costs, you know, costs about three hundred bucks a pop to get the analysis done. We have the analytical data for every single ingredient, but once we put it together into a blend, it's a new lot, and so it would require a new analysis. And uh, uh, we just we just can't uh, we can't do that uh, economically. It would uh, it would probably double the cost of our product. We get asked that a lot. In fact, just today, I think two people sent us uh, emails asking about shipping to Canada, and one asked about shipping to uh, uh, to the Netherlands. And, Usually, what I would love to say is no, but I'll deliver. <laughs> but uh, we know we can't, we cannot ship uh, internationally, and and also just the uh, architecture of our website uh, does not allow for uh, uh, international credit cards. So, unfortunately, no. Um, uh, if I if I had my way, we would, but no. Okay. So this is getting close. It's not quite boiling yet. Once it starts boiling, I'm going to let it go pretty fast and furious just to reduce it as quick as possible. It's already, the uh, uh, the cornstarch is already thickening it quite nicely. And you can serve this like it is, but I'm going to let it go just a little bit further. Um, and then uh, at the very end, we're going to throw the, the lardon in, which will give it that bacon seasoning, and then we'll put it on top of the polenta. Uh, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the bacon, the bacon seasoning. I mean, I, I think of it as, uh, uh, you know, a real good news story because you know, for, for me, it opens up the creativity and gives me something new to play with, a new flavor that we can put onto things. But, but uh, so many times I just, it's, it's a flavor that I had forgotten how much I love. Uh, you know, my, uh, my wife, Evelyn, a few nights ago, she made, uh, she made, you know, she, she loves to make soup. One of when, she, when she's batch cooking, it all always it involves a, a number of dishes and always culminates in the soup. And she made a, a wonderful uh, lentil soup that had uh, some uh, some whole grains in it. It was great. And just at the very end, she she uh, sprinkled a little bacon seasoning in it. She didn't tell me what she had done or what I was eating. She just handed me the bowl and I started eating. And it was in a meeting. It was an immediate, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I just, I couldn't believe it. It tasted just like there was bacon in it. And uh, it was phenomenal. I hope, uh, hope you all have the same experience that I do. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Okay. Yeah, not quite there. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, the bacon seasoning, at least right, right now in its genesis, I feel like it's, 
very similar to the beginning of, uh, of our pepperoni. Because when I first made pepperoni, you know, it wasn't something that I made to satisfy a need in, uh, in my cooking or in my diet. It was, uh, it was a request from a, uh, a chef, in this case, you know, uh, a, uh, a working chef at a, uh, at a very high-end restaurant who was working on a, a, a vegetarian appetizer that he wanted to make taste like pepperoni. And uh, all the chefs that worked for him weren't able to, to do it. So he sent me an email asking if I could make a spice blend that tasted like pepperoni. Put it together and it, you know, it's a great flavor. I knew immediately that it was a great flavor. And we actually carried it for sale for a long, long time. It was not a very good seller for a long, long time, mostly because I just didn't know what to do with it. Uh, and it wasn't until until uh, this crazy lady, Chef AJ, shows up <laughs> and uh, she was she was uh, made aware of our blend from someone that bought it at the farmer's market. And uh, and it's really taken off. And I, uh, you know, for me, I'm kind of at the same place with the uh, with the bacon seasoning, because like I said, I started this. I don't know how we're going to end up cooking with bacon. Uh, I know that there is uh, there, it's it, it's it's in there and we're going to find it. and We're going to find it very soon. But so far, you know, sweet potato fries, BLTs and now uh, mushroom bourguignon. I'll add one more idea that, you know, from from, you know, my past that I, where I've always loved, loved, loved the bacon flavor. Uh, there's a uh, there's a type of uh, um, of slaw that's uh, it's uh, it's from Austria, and the slaw is usually made using uh, bacon fat, uh, you know, the the thinly sliced uh, uh, cabbage, and it's seasoned with caraway seed and fennel seed. Uh, and it's just a wonderful flavor. One of my very, very favorite foods. I used to make it a lot. I haven't made it uh, since uh, uh, since adopting uh, you know a more vegan uh, diet. But I'm really, really looking forward to trying that. All right. So I think I'm ready. This is this has been simmering away, and I think it's probably plenty thick. I'm just going to throw the alarm on in. I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to turn it off and let it sit while I pull the polenta out, and then I'm going to I'm going to plate it. Uh, just this morning, Evelyn was playing with the bacon, and this is a different way you can make the lardon if you don't want to make it with the tofu. Um, I know that some people uh, some people have allergies to uh, to soy product, um, or you know just don't care for it, but. She took, uh, you know, just some minced uh, shallots. For some reason, the shallots seemed to work better with uh, to make the bacon flavor. And she did it about six different ways. But after tasting all of them, we I think we agreed that the best, most bacon-like flavor was simply the uh, the shallots. Uh, she sautéed them quickly, um, obviously with no onion. Uh, I mean, with no uh, oil. And uh, and then uh, added uh, three tablespoons of prepared bada bing bouillon, and uh, uh, and just uh, a tiny bit. It was an eighth of a teaspoon of the uh, of the aminos, and uh, and just stirred up and served it. It was it was perfect. You could use it as bacon bits. I think if I did it again, I'd probably try doing what I did with the tofu and. Uh, and trying to dry it just a little bit in uh, in the uh, in the air fryer, 
but I'm going to bring the phone over over here so you can see it. It's beautiful. It smells amazing. Just sprinkle a little bit of parsley on the top. Now, if you tasted this and you wanted a stronger bacon, please, for me, at this point, you could just sprinkle a tiny bit of additional bacon seasoning on the top. But I can smell by the nose. It's in there, and I'm just, I'm really happy. So here, I'm going to bring the phone down so you can see the plate. It's beautiful, and it's delicious. And that is my mushroom bourguignon. Nick, the, can, you uh, bring that, can you bring that to the next potluck? That looks amazing. <laughs> you know, I will. It actually, and you saw it's very easy to make. And yeah, of course I will. Okay, so um, question is. question from uh, Sandy. Can you use it to make tempeh bacon as a marinade? Because it's it's a spice. It's not a liquid, just so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so try it and tell me. Um, in my experience so far, if you cook it, like I said, you lose the flavor. But if you cook it, and then sprinkle, sprinkle some additional bacon seasoning on it at the end, it seems to work. So, you know, your, your tempe bacon, you may lose a lot of that really bacony flavor I get uh, uh, and, and have to, to restore it. But, uh, try it out and let me know. Hey, Nick, Susanna, who lives in Canada, has a great suggestion. And it would only work for people close enough to the border. But she has a, PS, a P.O. box on the U.S. side. And so she's able to order these kind of products. Yeah, man, we do, we have we have a number of customers that do that, and uh, wish we had a you know a way that I could help people do that. But it's, it's a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, um, Gary, there's no discount code, but if you link use the link in the show notes, you'll get two free samples with your order. And Nick, yesterday on the show when we had Dr. Sunil Pai, who comes on every month for Healing Spices, Stephanie asked in the chat, "How often do you grind your spices?" So you know we grind here. Every day, um, you know, we have uh, we have three different milling technologies we use. Uh, we have, you know, one which is just a little tiny bench uh, bench mill. It's like a glorified coffee grinder. I mean, it, it is manufactured specifically as a commercial coffee grinder, and it's much much more powerful. But uh, that sits on the bench when the guys are working making blends. And many of the products that we use, we don't want to mill large quantities because we we want them to be as fresh as possible. So we mill them fresh just as we're putting in. The next size mill that we use is, uh, comes from Germany. Uh, it's manufactured by Malconig, and Malconig is mostly known as kind of the premier manufacturer of, uh, of coffee grinders for, uh, for the coffee world. Um, so it, it really is a glorified coffee grinder, but that one's also probably used every single day. Um, our big, you know, big industrial hammer mill, uh, we probably operate that once or twice a week right now. Uh, but as we continue to grow, it'll, it, we'll be doing it more and more. But we're milling all the time because our commitment is to getting the spices out as fresh as possible. Nice. And uh, Karen is saying she put bada bing in this in her cart, but she hasn't checked out. I might want to suggest to her also the the Bayou, uh, what's it called? The barbecue Bayou seasoning. Yeah. Great barbecue potato chips. And I love that Bayou barbecue. I uh, That one was you know, I, I thought we, we started with the recipe for our uh, our uh, boot jack barbecue, which has been, you know, a standard for a long, long time. But I replaced a lot of the, the more pedestrian ingredients like, you know, instead of just paprika, replaced it with, uh, you know, freshly milked uh, uh, sweet chili peppers. Much, much stronger, more complex flavor. I love it. It's uh, It's probably my favorite barbecue blend right now. Hey, Nick, I want to ask you, sometimes it, like, it just stops shaking. So what do you do? Just kind of stir it around a little? Oh, 
This smells, yeah. I just love to smell this. Oh my God, it's amazing. So when, when that happens and you can't shake it, you just kind of stir it a little bit. Yeah, that you know that's the downside of not adding any uh, any anti-caking compounds. Um, you know, I, to, to me, we we feel it's uh, it's a better thing to go with uh, you know with what's completely natural and let it be what it is. That's okay. Just wanted to ask that that, that so that's normal when that happens. Totally normal, expected. Okay, well, great. Well, thank you. This is a real winner. You've got so many just intriguing, delicious, unique spices. I, I yeah, I'm one of the viewers is saying you're a true genius. Oh, I don't know about that. One thing I do want to tell just to just to give people a bit of a tease. Um, I think we'll probably roll this out uh, uh, next month, but we do. We will be having a new pro uh, promotion. It's going to be focused specifically towards uh, the. Uh, the salt-free, uh, salt-free group and inspired by Chef AJ. Uh, everybody that orders, uh, uh, at least for the next several weeks, uh, you'll get a flyer in your order about it. We'll also, when we uh, release it, it'll come out, but we're gonna have some, some discounted curated sets, completely salt-free, kind of the, you know, the basics, uh, you know, most, uh, most important spices to have in yourself if you're, if you're moving to a, a salt-free uh, diet. Actually, we're calling it Mission Possible. Nice. I have to hook you up with the nephrologists I know. They need to find out about you because they don't want their patients on dialysis having salt. You've mentioned that before. I think it's a wonderful idea. I just haven't found the time to dive yeah. into it, but we will. I think it's a great, Absolutely. great advice. Um, Liz wants to know how spicy is the bayou. It's not any spicier than a barbecue potato chip. It's not really, I wouldn't call it spicy. Can Absolutely. Nick manually enter a Canadian credit card if we phone him? No. And I tell you, just very heartfelt. I don't want to know your credit card number. I don't want to be responsible for it. Um, one time I had a customer that, that talked me into it, uh, entering the, the credit card number for her. And, and I regretted it because, it, you, know, I, I, you know, I'm an older guy. I, I, I know what I know about technology. I don't know what I don't know. And, uh, you know, I entered her, her credit card number and it went right into my wallet. And so every time that I would try to add credit card numbers in later, it, it tried to put her credit card number in there. And it took me a well, while to figure out how to got it off. Make purchases. <laughs> so Nick, I have another challenge for you. Here oh. is be really hard. So um, nutritional yeast is, is beloved by vegans because it makes yeah. things taste like cheese. But there's a few people like me that are just get really sick when we eat it or people that are actually allergic or have Crohn's disease. Make a cheese substitute for us. <laughs> when it, when, I, I wish to, just once you'd give me a challenge, it's a little bit easier. <laughs> okay, I will. But but let's start working on it now. Because if it takes you two years, every time I ask you something, you better start right now. I'll, I'll tell you right now, from the top of my head, I think I'll, I would begin on that one with, uh, uh, with uh, shiitake mushroom. I, I was going to say dried mushrooms. So, yeah. Yeah, it's got a little bit of that flavor to it. All right. Well, you get on it. Uh, Debbie, thanks for watching. She says she loves Nick's shows. Well, Nick, this is great. Thank you. You're doing a great service for people. Guys, you got to try the bacon spice. It'll change your life. AJ, thank you so much for your support. It means so much to us. Oh my God, you're the best. And guys, if you if you join my local meetup, Nick doesn't live too far. He sometimes shows up and he's going to be bringing that dish to the next one. So make sure you join my meetup. All right. Take care, Nick. Thank you so much. Right. Great to see you.
Thank you. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back a little later tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific time when Stefan Esser, MD, is going to be talking about heart disease. Take care.